0: In the beginning, God created all things, and they were good. Man lived alongside God in an ideal world free of conflict, disease, death, and suffering. But it wasn't like this for long. An evil being and the villain of this story convinced the first humans, Adam and Eve, that they didn't need God, and that they could be their own gods instead. Adam and Eve, having no history or context for their existence, were easily deceived. They listened to the villain, and they disobeyed God. Whatever the villain's motives, he knew one thing. God is perfectly just. And because he's perfectly just, what that meant is that he would have to execute justice. As a result of disobeying God, Adam and Eve were expelled from their paradise home and cursed with aging suffering, and ultimately, death. For a long time after these fateful events, it seemed that the villain of the story had won. By seemingly forcing God's hand to curse his own creation with death, the devil had become the ruler of the earth. Death had now become mankind's greatest idol, and the devil could use it to obtain the obedience and the worship that he always desired. Death was now the one thing that all of life's decisions boiled down to. And the fear of death quickly replaced the fear of God. Because of death, every new generation became hooked to the material world and its countless concerns, living a life in the flesh and forgetting their original spiritual purpose. On top of all this, the devil coaxed other heavenly beings to abandon God and to come to earth, where they could be their own gods too. It was the same old lie from the garden, and through these fallen angels and their mutant offspring, the devil rapidly built a worldwide kingdom and power structure. Mankind, God's prized creation, quickly became slaves to death and to their merciless taskmasters. In just a few short generations after the first human beings, the earth had become so corrupt and wicked that God felt great regret and sadness for creating mankind. Finding only a handful of people worthy to save, God destroyed the world with an unimaginable flood that lasted for about a year. When the waters finally subsided, Noah and his family repopulated the earth, but it didn't take long for the villain and his henchmen to enslave mankind once again. Despite all of this, God had a plan, and from the very beginning, the devil knew that his days were numbered. One day, a Messiah would be born, a Savior that would free mankind from the bondage of the devil and conquer death once and for all. He would destroy the works of the enemy, take back control of the earth, and rule forever as the King of Kings. As time moved forward after the flood, God's plan began sprouting slowly in the ancient Near East. It started with a man named Abraham, who was faithful and obeyed God, and through him an entire people were made. These were the Israelites, God's chosen people to bring about the Messiah. But most of the Israelites rebuilt over and over again, just as all of mankind had done from the very beginning. Despite freeing them from slavery with supernatural power, giving them a perfect moral code of conduct through the Ten Commandments, and sending countless leaders and prophets to guide them, it seemed as if the people chosen by God wanted nothing to do with him. Yet through all the tumultuous history, there remained a remnant, a small group faithful to God and his commandments. This lineage eventually led to Joseph, a humble carpenter, and Mary, his betrothed. One night, the Archangel Gabriel visited Mary and gave her breathtaking news. She would be the mother of the Messiah through supernatural means. Several months later, in a little town called Bethlehem, that Messiah was born. Many years later, around the age of 30, he began the great work that he had come to do. Jesus of Nazareth healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out demons, and spoke the most profound words in all of human history. He fulfilled over 300 prophecies. He taught about the Kingdom of God. He spoke about forgiveness, and most importantly, he set the example for love. For the first time since all of creation, A human being was able to obey God perfectly and prove that God was right, that obedience led to eternal life, and that God's plan was indeed very good. It was what God had intended for man all along, a life lived completely in alignment with His Holy Spirit as vessels of His will on earth. Yet for this magnificent plan to be fulfilled, Jesus had to suffer and be crucified. His painful and arduous death on the cross as an innocent being was the ultimate injustice. Yet it was also the ultimate mercy. Through Jesus' death, God was able to legally redeem, or buy back, humanity from the devil. His selfless sacrifice paid the debt that mankind owed for its constant rebellion. And through his death, God's perfect moral standard of obedience was finally satisfied. No longer would humanity fall short because of its many mistakes and marred history. Through faith, that is, accepting Christ's death as payment for our sins and trusting in his delivering power, we could be saved. Saved from a world ruled by death. Saved from the devil and his many demons save from ourselves and, ultimately, save from the final day of judgment when God's just wrath would destroy the world in holy fire. Just three short days after his death on the cross, Jesus Christ rose from the grave and struck a killing blow to the devil's kingdom. Through his resurrection, Christ proved that he was the self-existing creator of the universe. He proved that his words of life were true and that he himself is that life. He also gave humanity a template of God's intentions, an eternal life in paradise the way it was always supposed to be, all as a free gift by God's grace to those who would believe. Many eons before time began, the Father determined it was good to create beings worthy of worshiping Him and sharing in His glory. Out of His infinite love for His only begotten eternal Son, the Father gave these people, along with a kingdom, to the Son as a gift. In an equally loving act, the Son accepted the gift as well as the great task of redeeming His people so they would be fit for living in the presence of God in an eternal, perfect kingdom. In the greatest act of love ever known to mankind the infinite and indescribable creator entered his own story and took on human form his birth split time in two and the truth is that our history is his story the story of god the son redeeming a people and kingdom back to himself from the greatest evil that has ever existed it is the story of the knight in shining armor the damsel in distress, and a great and powerful dragon. Yet this story, unlike all the others, is true. Humanity has a hero, and he's coming soon to fulfill a plan set in motion long ago. The big question is, will you be surprised on that day? Or will you rejoice? This world with all of its glittering lights and dazzling sights, is just an illusion. It is getting worse by the day, and the devil knows he is a defeated foe. His final gambit will be to deceive as many people as possible, so as to pull them away from the truth. And what is that truth? It is the good news. It is the good news that you can live forever in a world free of pain and suffering. It is the good news that God is coming back to rescue his people. And it is the good news that he loves you and will never abandon you. This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, God in the flesh, the one and only mediator for mankind, the payment for our sins, the source of all life on the earth, and the King of Kings. Through faith in this good news, we are saved and share in the soon glorious victory of our risen Lord and King. If you believe, share the good news with somebody today. And last but not least, be of good cheer. As this world burns down, we are reminded that He has overcome the world. One day this will all just be a faint memory worth smiling about. Until then, we live by faith. But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9